Welcome to the Decades of Strength podcast. We are Kim, Marcy, and Katie. We are three women on one mission. We are obsessed with empowering women to gain confidence, build strength, and ditch feelings of unworthiness. So grab your chair, come sit at our table, and let's talk. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Decades of Strength podcast. It is Marcy. I will be hosting today with me as always, the lovely Kim and Katie. How are you ladies? Hello. Hi ladies. I'm doing well. Thanks. How are you, Mars? I am doing well. I am refreshed from a weekend away. So I've said it a couple of times already. I was in Boise, Idaho, which I know sounds like a very random place to go, but I have family there and have not yet visited them. They've been, well, my one cousin's been there for almost three years now, which time has flown by. So my mom and I flew out there um, so saw both sets of my cousins, my aunt flew in, my uncle was there and it was just a really lovely time. So the weather was not wonderful. It was nice one day. It actually like, poured and hailed on Saturday. Oh. Sunday was nice. And then, uh, it was snowing on the way to the airport. So oh my God. You had it time, I guess, you know, but, but Boise is a really nice place. I enjoyed it. I'm like, I, I could live here part-time. I've heard really good things about Boise. And I I mean, we've flown over the football field, which is bright blue, right? Boise state. Mm -hmm. And I I mean, every time we get close to Idaho, (laughs) I always think that'd be a real cool spot to go visit, but it's just never been checked off on our list. Like we've never, it's never been a targeted destination. So maybe it should and, and we were actually like in Boise. So we flew in there and then we went to dinner downtown Boise on Friday night, but then they live in a more like rural area, about 30 minutes outside. Um, so I would have liked to have spent a little bit more time downtown. I did not get to see the university in the bright blue field or anything like that, but um, yeah, it was a good spot. So I'm thinking I will go back in the summer when there's not as much family around and just, you know, be able to hang out with my cousin a little bit more because we're close in age. So yeah, that was good. But uh, most importantly, I am not a mom except for Wesley. So I cannot <laughs> celebrate mother's day, but uh, although sometimes, you know, he does give me a run for my money. That's sure for sure. But um, how was your guys' mother's day? What'd you do? Well, I, I mean, Kimmy, or I'm sorry, Marcy, you nailed it when you said time flies, like time is a thief. And I was thinking about how mother's days have evolved for me and how there were years. when I was like, this is what mother's day is. Like my kids are all being jerks. Like I'm not getting anything that I want today. And then there was, and then like the, all of a sudden, like they start to grow and they start to need you less and seasons change. And, um, I, I was pampered and well taken care of. And mother's day is now my favorite day of the year. Like it tops all the other holidays. So yeah, it's, it, it was really, it was wonderful. How, Kim, you were busy on yours. Uh, I wasn't super busy. I, I was really excited to, so I, we had guests in town. Um, uh, my mom was here, which is nice that my mom was here and her husband and my sister, but we had, we'd had guests in town for over half a week. And then before then, remember I was alone with a puppy. I was just feeling tapped out. And so I, I decided that I was going to take alone time on mother's day, even though we had guests. And so I spent some time with my mom. Um, and then I came upstairs and laid in my bed and read for several hours. And I told her to go do the same. She didn't listen. She attempted to read on the main floor while everyone was cooking. And I found out later she ended up helping. I'm like, well, that's what happens if you stay on the main <laughs> floor. People have questions. <laughs> like you, you're supposed to stay down in the guest room area. <laughs> Look at you reading, Kim. I'm so proud I of you. Know. 
I know I'm reading morning routine coming to life. I know I'm really loving it. I'm really loving it. What are you reading right now? So I'm the book I just started. I joined a book club, ladies. I joined, oh. I joined um, Sharon McMahon. Her handle on Instagram is Sharon says. So if you guys don't follow yeah. her, yeah. if you're all interested in history and current events, she's a great follow. Anyway, she has this online book club and she had two books. And the first one is actually not even released yet. So I'm reading the second one and I cannot remember. It's called the, oh gosh, I think what the, this crazy word I've never heard, Anthropocene. Have you guys ever heard the word Anthropocene? No. no. Anthropocene, it's like, you know how there's different ages of, of the world, like the Jurassic age. So apparently one term that people are giving this age that humans live in, like the human age is called the Anthropocene. I have no idea where it comes from. And this man, um, he's the guy, the author of it wrote like Fault in Our Stars, Fault in Our Sky, whatever that big movie was. Anyway, he writes this book and he's basically doing, you know, how like if you go on Yelp and leave a review for something, you go and like you leave reviews and you give stars to different things. He's giving ratings to things in this human era called the Anthropocene. So he's just like COVID one star. And so he'll write <laughs> all these little mini essays and he, they're really interesting and then he'll rate them. And so I just barely started it. But it sounds bizarre, but I'm telling you, it's, it's really, it's an interesting read. No, I love that. And I, I don't know if I shared this, but I've kind of gotten into reading again as well. So I think I did because you were talking about the morning routine when we did that episode and how you started reading. I'm like, I have not read. Well, I, I sh take that back. I read, but it's usually nonfiction. I have not read just like fiction for pleasure to turn my brain off. And I can't even tell you how long. So yeah, yeah. I have gotten into this woman, um, Colleen Hoover, and I am really enjoying her books. So I blew through the first one and then I got the second one. I mean, she has many, but I got a second one and I'm working my way through that. And it's been really enjoyable. I like it. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, the, the book is called The Anthropocene Reviewed. Okay. Mm. I trust well, Sharon. I so like, I do like anything that is, I mean, nonfiction, but like based on true stories or that kind of thing. So I like it because it's, it's like a memoir. It's like his experience with something with this thing. And he moves on. It's his, and I really like books like that. Cause I like to like to hear like what makes people tick and things that are interesting to them versus not, or so I really like it. Excellent. Well, I guess that kind of leads us into today's topic, which is going to be getting out of our comfort zones. So I know for you, Kim, like a morning routine was a little bit out of your comfort zone. Having yeah, it was way out of my comfort <laughs> Okay, wait, I will. Uh, <laughs> and even more enough. so because I had tried to make it in my comfort zone in the past and failed. So whenever you fail at something, you feel like way out of your comfort zone, right? Like I was mm -hmm. like, ah. So yeah, mm -hmm. definitely not in my comfort zone. It is now, yeah. but it was not then. Right. Well, and you know, I had kind of forgotten about the morning routine when I was thinking about this episode, but there have been other things that you have done that have been outside of it. So getting a first dog, getting a second dog, second dog. <laughs> well, and also like, I mean, at one point you were like, hello, the grand Canyon thing, yeah. uh, you were starting running, like you have been pushing the edges, my friend. <laughs> I'm a big fan of getting out of your comfort zone. I really yeah. am. Yeah. I am. And, um, it's something I've done more and more the older I've gotten. Um, I think a lot of it comes down to being willing to face your fears of fears of looking stupid, fears of being rejected, fears of just like, I don't know what I'm doing. And 
I think the more you do it, the more you're willing to push outside the comfort zone and you have an experience, even if it's not a good one, but you have an experience, like you can feel better about doing it again, because either like I did that and it went really well, or I did that and that was kind of a bust and I'm still here, right? Like (laughs) I'm still here, like nothing that terrible happened. So yeah, I'm a huge fan of pushing outside your comfort zone. Well, and also, you know, not that, or nothing bad happened, but I think we are all of the mindset because, you know, we're coaches and we do the personal development work that it may not have worked out. You can see it. I don't like to say a failure, but more a lesson, a learning opportunity. So now you're at the point where, okay, that didn't go well, but instead of calling myself a failure, beating myself up, I can reframe and say, all right, what can I learn from this experience to improve the next time? Or what can I learn from this experience that makes me realize like, I didn't like doing that at all, you know? Mm -hmm. And then I think the other thing, Kim, that I would ask you is, you know, as you get older, it's become easier. Do you feel that's because you care less about what other people think? I don't think it is. Cause I know people are always saying like, we don't care about what other people think, but I still do think I care. <laughs> I, sure. think I do. Um, I think it's more, you've just had lived experience and done so many hard things. Like I've just done things. And I think I also, for me and everybody's going to be different with this. I think I sat on the sidelines for so long mm-hmm. that I eventually that felt that felt to me scarier than not pushing outside my comfort zone. Like, really, like, am I really going to exist? How I'm going to live the rest of my life? Kind of like watching other people do things, watching other people have cool experiences. Like it got to the point for me that it just felt scarier to not push outside my comfort zone. Yeah. And that's one thing that I was thinking about with this episode is, you know, we hear the cliche saying like growth happens outside of your comfort zone. And yes, that is so true. It cannot happen within it. I feel like it's pretty much, or if not totally impossible. Um, And I think a lot of people, they want to grow. They want to involve, improve, get better, make changes. And, you know, they will pay a lot of lip service to that, but when, the rubber meets the road and it comes down to actually stepping outside of that comfort zone and doing the hard work that is going to create the change. That's when, you know, their brain kicks in and is like, Oh no, 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 you are not going to do that because yeah, you can want to push the edges, but you know, really we are built for survival and safety. And oftentimes, you know, the brain is going to like tell you all those stories about why you shouldn't do it, why you should stay small um, and, you know, kind of keep playing within those lines that you are used to. So it's not easy. I'm not going to say that it is, but it is certainly worth it. So all that being said, Katie, um, actually you are the one who sparked this because I saw your post on Instagram last week sometime where you were what doing like I was doing, I decided to try handstand work for my workout one day. Okay. Okay. Perfect. (laughs) So that was just like out of the blue. Like it was just out of the blue. Yeah. I decided that I'm, I'm trying to take an approach to my training that is still within the framework of, you know, my goals, which is to maintain strength and, and gain strength when I can, but I'm not feeling as regimented to, uh, or committed to all the volume that I used to do all the time. And I'm really trying to incorporate more fun and silliness and play into my, into my workouts. I just feel like they don't all have to be, um, quite so rigid. 
as they have been for so many years. I mean, ever since I, and by the way, getting into weightlifting was, was me getting outside my comfort zone. And it took a long time to sort of grow into that and then feel comfortable there. And I got so comfortable that I didn't want to leave. I mean, I would get comfortable with each sort of, um, style of training that I didn't want to go. Like I started with really heavy lifting and I'm like, Oh my gosh, no, I don't want to, what is even hypertrophy? How do you even pronounce that word? What does that mean? And then I dip my toe into that. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is pretty amazing. And I kind of, you know, anything worth doing was worth overdoing for me at that point. So like, I went a little too far with that because I got so comfortable in it. And so I'm more mindful of my need to actually try new things and evolve even within a certain modality. And so that's where the, the handstand workout came. And it's not like it's one that I'm going to go, Oh, every Tuesday now I'm committed to doing handstands or something like that. But it was just, you know what, this popped into my head felt right today. I'm going to do it. And, uh, I'm going to just put it out there and remind people that it's like, it's not usually pretty. Like the pretty stuff is what shows up on social, but like for the most part, I'm fumbling my way through everything, just like everybody else. Yeah. <laughs> I know like pun intended because yeah. with hands, you definitely do fumble. Yeah. <laughs> <For> sure. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Well, you know, I really appreciated you documenting the experience and kind of like making yourself look, you know, silly for lack of a better word. I like how uh, I appreciate the, like you, like it took me effort to make myself look silly, Marcy. That's nice. The way you put that. No, that, that was, that was an effortless level of being ridiculous. That just came <laughs> right up for me. But I mean, like, you know, you didn't have to share that on, on Instagram for yeah, the world yeah. to see. Um, <laughs> so yeah, no, I appreciate that. And the other thing that I saw, I don't even know where is that you decided to join the inner circle. So yes. for anyone who doesn't know, the inner circle is Jordan Syatt's membership program. I was a part of it for years. I, I really do think that the inner circle is why I am here today because I mean, I shouldn't say that necessarily, but when I joined, I was kind of like dipping my foot into the online coaching space, but not really getting anywhere. And Jordan was running a challenge and I won the challenge and the winner got to pick between having a one hour phone call with him. And you could talk nutrition, you could talk fitness, you could talk business. So I chose to track to talk business. And it is when the whole infographic thing was becoming a trend and talk about staying within your comfort zone. Like this is a perfect segue. Um, I was, you know, at that point sharing pictures of, Wesley, you know, poorly lit food photos, my workouts, like, you know, that kind of stuff. And I was like, why am I not getting clients? You know, what's going on here? It made no sense. And I felt like I was just, you know, throwing spaghetti at the wall, hoping that it would stick. And it wouldn't, I hadn't even been part of like a business mastermind at that point and still wasn't getting a whole lot of traction. Um, like I did have some clients, I was still working in person in the gym, but I'm like, why is my following not growing? Why am I not getting you know more clients from Instagram? So Jordan and I got on a call and I will never forget this conversation. It was probably the most pivotal conversation of my life. And he just has such a way with words, you know, um, and he's such a great coach. So I asked him, I was like, Jay, do you think I have to do the Instagram or the, uh, the infographics? Because I'm really not creative. And that was a story that I told myself from years ago when I was in college and I was a journalism major and I had to have people literally like do my projects for me in PageMaker, in Photoshop, like I couldn't figure it out. So I think I took that lack of creativity and I brought that story into 
present day where I was seeing people do these creative infographics. And I was like, there's no way I'll be able to figure out how to do that. So uh, I think I was asking him, hoping that he would give me permission to not do it. And he was like, well, you don't have to do anything, but I do feel if you don't jump on board with this right now, that you are going to get left behind. Like, you know, people are going to kind of be ahead of you. And I was like, ah, shit. And I was like, okay. (laughs) But I still was hesitant. He's like, well, I want you to, I want to see an infographic on your page in the next two days. So I was like, I can't let this guy down. So sure enough, I think I've spent like six hours on it and it was the most God awful thing you've ever seen, but I did it. I put myself out there and I, it got like 800 likes. I was like, oh my gosh, there's something to this. I have like a thousand followers. Isn't it crazy to think about if you had not done that, because those of you listening who aren't, maybe you're newer to Instagram or you just, you maybe you just weren't paying attention to the, to the trends. But there was a time, Marcy, was it four years ago? Three it was 2017, May, May of 2017. Yeah, that these infographics took off. And there was a good bunch of us in the fitness industry who just kind of started. We all, Carter Good was the first one who did them. Mm-hmm. Jordan was, I think, number two, if not, yep. if not a really close second. Mm-hmm. And then we kind of all started doing it. And those of us who did it, like the, you'll see, like there's this whole cohort, in the fitness industry who like, we all kind of came up and like grew our followings and grew our businesses literally on the back of these infographics. That's how people yeah. found us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I actually really miss those because I think they were such a great t- teaching tool. Mm-hmm. They're not really around that much. They don't do well because Instagram's not pushing them. But I remember thinking like, this is a brilliant teaching tool. I mm-hmm. loved those things. I mm-hmm. loved those things. Yeah. But isn't it interesting? Like if you had just been like, I can't do that. That's totally not, that's not, that's not what I feel good doing. I'm not good at that. Like where would, where might you be or not be right now? Uh, well, I think that's the thing. I don't think I would be here. That's why I said earlier, like I would not be sitting here having this conversation because that's how you and I connected. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Katie, like you didn't, you and I didn't connect through that, but that's how I, Marcy, I followed you for a uh, okay. long time yeah. before you knew who I was. And I had no idea what you look like. I think I heard oh. your voice before I saw your face. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that's the other thing. I did not like sharing pictures of myself. I hated being on video. Mm-hmm. Oh my, and I, I told the story when we were doing the, um, was it the aging episode? Yeah, it was like, oh, I hated how I looked. I didn't want to be on video. So, you know, I was missing out on that connection with people. So yeah, forced myself to get out of my comfort zone in that area. But, you know, the funny story about this is I'll never forget what Jordan said to me. He was looking through my feed and he's like, uh, well, Marcy, those Brussels sprouts that you posted yesterday, they look delicious, but no one's going to share a picture of fucking Brussels sprouts. <laughs> and that was the mind blowing moment. I was like, done. Okay. Yeah. I believe you. And it made so much sense. Um, and yeah, so here, here we all are. So getting out of our comfort zone, you know, really it does something for you. And if you let it, it can change your life for mm-hmm. sure. It took me way. like four hours to make my first infographic. Mm-hmm. I think mine was six <laughs> and it was so ugly. Yeah. My, I think mine was four too. And it was probably my first and last. Cause I came on the heels of that wave and it was sort of ah. on its way out when I started to speak publicly on Instagram, which yeah, yeah ladies, you know, just how awkward and uncomfortable that is like, to, well, talk about getting out of your comfort zone. Like I went from someone who had a private Instagram page to one day, just you know, moving the lever over to public and suddenly starting to like spill my guts on things. And then there was this whole contingent of my, they weren't my followers. They were my friends and family who was like, 
what, like what happened to Katie? What just went down? And I didn't have the foresight to like make a business page. I just decided to start talking and answering questions. People were asking me in private and do it publicly. And it just sort of, I don't know how it, it caught what it did, but I'm pretty sure it had to do with following people like women, like you two, Amber Brzezicki was my first macro coach. And, you know, I connected with somebody like somebody else in the, in the business who was also, she was also macro coaching at the same time. And it was just like, I'm going to start, keep doing this stuff. That's really hard because this particular brand of hard aligns with what feels authentic to me right now, because there's a lot of things you can do that are hard. We, we, we talk about doing hard things all day long, but do they align with what feels right to you? That's a really good way to kind of understand, like, is this version of getting outside my comfort zone serving me? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it served all of us very well. So <laughs> I, I, I'm sure grateful to be here, you know, and then speaking of like, this kind of ties in nicely to what I was going to say about getting out of my comfort zone again, going back to the creativity piece, like I, I had definitely started to become a little bit more creative when it came to the infographics. And I think that's the other thing you have to realize when you are trying to get out of your comfort zone is that the first time you do it, you're probably going to be horrible. You know, it's going to be messy. You're going to feel awkward, but the, like the more you continue, the longer you continue, the more you practice, the better you are going to get. So my infographics certainly evolved over time. They started to look a lot better and it's just crazy to compare the first, I mean, I don't even know, like year of them compared to like what they were um, towards the end when I stopped doing them as consistently, but then, oh, now the next evolution uh -huh. is the reels, mm -hmm. right? And when I saw reels come up, I'm like, oh, hell no. Like, yeah, I'm shutting the, I'm shutting the business down. Like this is it. <laughs> I think we all that way. <laughs> Because, but there you are, you're doing it. Well, so that's what I was going to say. Like, I was very, very resistant. Um, mm -hmm. I'm not getting on there and dancing and pointing at stupid things. Like, no, absolutely <laughs> not. Um, that is not me. Like, I, you know, I, I think I act a little bit more buttoned up on Instagram than maybe I give myself credit for, or maybe I am in real life. If you get to know me, like I kind of have a, like a dry, sarcastic sense of humor, um, but yeah, it just did not feel like my vibe. So, um, I don't know what forced me to do it. I think I was just like tired of my own bullshit, to be honest with you and seeing everyone else doing it. I'm like, okay, like, why don't you just give it a shot? So I did one and I will say like, I've kind of taken, you know, the easier way out by just doing the like lip dub ones where I'm using the trending audio and, but I will tell you. Those things are not easy. They take a while because you've got to get that sinking right. I've never done one of those for that reason. Okay, I got to tell you, I laugh so hard, so hard. Sometimes I'll like turn to whoever in my family is here when I'm making it. I'll be like, I literally can't believe this is what I do for work. <laughs> I'm, right? I'm sitting there doing the same thing over and over, trying to get my voice to match up with something else and make some kind of crazy. But I'm like, I, this is literally my job. I cannot Falling believe. off the couch, Kim. I liked when you Falling shared that one. Yes. That like, one was my favorite. Couch, or the one time like I did like this one I like ran and slid and I was having a great time and trying to match things up and it's just really funny it really is a funny thing to be part of our job it is and so I think what happened when I did my first one and you know it got like decent feedback and I was like oh this is kind of fun mm -hmm. and it took like the seriousness out of the work you know, and I was like, I feel like this is what I needed. It allowed me to just be 
a little bit more lighthearted. Um, you know, yes, they can be kind of time consuming, but they're still like fairly easy mm-hmm. to make. Um, and I think for me, again, like going back to, I'm not creative, it has forced me to be a little bit more creative. So even though I'm not the one coming up with the trending audio, I have to figure out, okay, how am I going to use this audio and relate it to something that my audience needs to learn about? Like, how can I use this as a teachable moment? And that in itself can be challenging. So yeah, I love that because the story you told yourself, I'm not creative. You were able to override that. And then not only are you creative clearly, but you're showing up doing reels in a way that's authentic to you. Like you're Mm -hmm. not doing like the twerking and the pointing and like all that business and it's still working for you. Like that's the beauty of it. Right. And I really have not done that many. I mean, like I haven't done nearly as many as Kim and, you know, Kim's are incredible. So it's like, I think my next like iteration, if I do is figuring out, okay, like how do I do the transitions? I still can't figure out how to like put the text on the screen correctly. And you know, all of that. So I am still totally like fumbling and learning. I need a tutorial for sure. Marcy. Yeah. Yeah. But like, yeah, the transitions and all of that, I, I have not done yet. Um, you know, I've only done a few of the like talking head ones where it looks more just like you're doing an Instagram story. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and those are, you know, a little bit easier because yeah, you're not trying to get the syncing correctly, but, um, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's pushed me out of my comfort zone in all of the ways, you know, showing a different side of myself, um, trying to be creative, showing my face and talking and all of that. Um, but, but it's been good. It's been enjoyable and, here is the kicker. And I call this the pillow test, right? So I think we've talked about it before. It's something I use with myself and many of my clients is when your head hits the pillow at night, how do you want to feel about how your day went, how you showed up for yourself? And there have been many times in my life where I was checking the boxes on everything. So, oh, I count my macros perfectly. I got my workout in, I hit 10,000 steps. I, you know, showed up for my clients very well, like this and that. But there was still that like one thing that I said I was going to do that I wasn't doing. And over time, that slowly chips away at your confidence. And it just kind of becomes this like program that's running in the background. Like, oh, there you go again. You not so much like, oh, you can't be trusted, but but maybe it is like you can't be trusted. Like you said you were going to do this thing and you didn't. So you didn't keep your word to yourself. And that lack of integrity does not feel good. So I think that's what it was for me. Like, oh, I'm going to start doing these reels. Oh, I'm going to, you know, start doing X, Y, Z. And then I wasn't. And, you know, it really affected my like self-esteem and how I felt about myself. So I think getting out of your comfort zone, doing those hard things, like, you know, if it's for nothing more than just like, your own personal satisfaction is invaluable. Agreed. Yeah. Well said. I think it's really easy to sort of find yourself in a cozy little cage of everything that's worked for so long. And there's really nothing requiring you to step outside that space, except like you said, that nagging little feeling that there could be something more. And Mm -hmm. I think, I think you just summed that up so beautifully. And kind of like going back to what you said, Kim, you know, do you want to live with, you know, the, the pain of regret of not having tried? Absolutely. I think fear is a big limiting factor for so many people when it comes to stepping outside their comfort zone, whether it's like 
you know, they don't want to travel because they're afraid they're not going to understand the language. They're going to get lost. It's going to be dangerous, whatever it is. Like all of these different things hold us back, whatever area of our life it is. And you just can kind of get to the point for me, I just got to the point where I was more, I was just willing to push past that fear. And any of you who are listening, who are like, I don't, um, whatever it is that you wish you could be doing, you know, you can start really small. You could like push outside your comfort zone. If you're a person like me, and I think there are a lot of women in my generation who are that we're just afraid of so many things. Like there's, we just, we're just afraid of all kinds of things. You can just start really small. It doesn't have to be something big. You'd be like, all right. So like, I want to, you don't have to go hike the Grand Canyon. You could be like, I want to hike and find a trail near your house. Or like, I want to travel. And I've never, I've met so many people who've just never traveled. And they're like, I don't, I, that seems so intimidating to me. You don't have to go to a foreign country to travel, right? Like find day trips in your state. Like you don't have to, if you're like, oh, like I want to like do something creative. You don't have to do something super public. You can do it really private. There's just so many options Mm -hmm. to start super small with pushing outside your comfort zone. Mm -hmm. That's, that is such a great tip, Kim. And I would even say like, you should start small. Yeah. Because if you don't, again, like going back to that whole brain thing, like it's going to freak out. So it's going to create even more resistance if it feels so overwhelming. So yes, like the baby steps first, always like another thing that I was thinking about. And I think it's why I responded to, oh no, this was um, after, excuse me, Katie, like I suggested we do this podcast, but over the weekend when I was out of town, I was exhausted, just like so tired. Couldn't really figure out why. And I woke up on Sunday, just not feeling my best. And I'm like, you have got to snap out of dysfunk. And it wasn't like, you know, I was depressed or anything like that. I was just like really tired. And so I thought to my, well, you know what? I was watching Instagram stories and I came across Alessandra Skutnik who had put up one about doing a cold shower. And I've done a cold plunge. I think it was like back in November for this program that I was doing. And that was one of the challenges is we had to do a five minute ice bath. So like starting cold immersion with a five minute ice bath is like, not really the way to go. Mm -hmm. Um, probably start with like a 15 second cold shower, Mm -hmm. which actually was part of the program. Uh, I had forgotten about the cold showers. So like, and then I started seeing everyone like doing the the showers and the ice baths. I'm like, okay, like it can't be, no one would know. No one would know if I didn't do it, I would know. So I called up my friend. I'm like, Cindy, make me a nice bath. And because she had been wanting me to do one for months and I kept putting it off. Cause again, didn't want to get uncomfortable. Like I hate being cold. It's like my, Mm -hmm. the worst thing for me. Don't like to be exposed to the elements. So I was like, like, no, Cindy, I don't need to do it. I do enough to push me out of my comfort zone. Like this is not going to be the thing. So I ended up doing it and yeah, it was like shocking to the system for sure. I mean, I stayed in for the full five minutes and I was proud of myself and it felt great, but I had not done it since then. Um, so yeah, all that being said, I saw Alessandra Skutnik's stories and I was like, all right, I'm going to get in that damn shower. So (laughs) I think I did one minute. Um, they tell you to start with like 15 seconds and 30 and then like gradually build up. But I just did one minute and I, it was not enjoyable. I hated every single moment when I was in there, Mm -hmm. but when I got out, I felt amazing. Mm -hmm. So that is going to be, but like you were saying, Kim start small and then maybe work up to like these ice baths that you're seeing people doing, or like whatever the other thing is that you want to, um, that you want to start. So that is going to be new, uh, a part of my morning routine moving forward, because 
it really is invigorating. Oh, oh every morning you're going to do it. I'm going to do it every morning. Every morning. Oh, yeah. You're going to get your hair wet every morning. No, I'm not getting my hair wet. Oh, okay. Hell no. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> No, no one wants no, that. I just like yeah, I wear Nobody's a shower like, cap. Hold on now. No, so what you do the same way. No way. What you do is you, you're supposed to start with a warm shower, and then at the end you turn it to cold. Yeah, and I feel like you know my shower like doesn't get super cold, so it could be worse. But hey, it's better than nothing. So okay, yeah. well, here's something I want to add here. I think it's important to remember that how one person chooses to push outside their comfort zone does not mean it's how you have to choose to push outside your comfort zone. Because what Marcy's describing right now sounds friggin' terrible to me. Like, yeah. I don't want to do that for any reason in the world. I hate cold. I have no desire to start my day with a cold shower. It's not appealing to me. And that doesn't mean that I'm a person who doesn't want to push outside her comfort zone. It just means I don't want to do it that way. And mm-hmm. so, you know, when it comes back to that comparison thing, when you hear the three of us talk, like you don't have to start a business and you don't have to get an ice bath, right? But what what is something that kind of appeals to you, but you're like, ooh, I couldn't or I shouldn't, or here's why I'm not good enough. That could be the thing that you want to start approaching. Mm-hmm. So figure out what that is for you. So here's something new I'm going to try, guys. I was thinking about the other day. I'm really intimidated by this and I don't know why I'm so intimidated by this. And it's gonna, you're going to laugh because it's such a small thing. It's going to sound absolutely dumb, but I'm going to do it sometime this summer. I got to get past this dog thing. I want to learn how to cook tofu. I eat tofu and I like it, but it seems really intimidating to me to figure out like, I'm not like a naturally good cook. I don't like love cooking, but I like eating it. I would love to have this other plant-based option for protein. So I'm going to figure out how to cook tofu. I love it. That's a good one. Yeah. I don't know how to cook. tofu. I can't offer you any information or tips on that. I'm sorry. That's that's a good one. I was like, I like it eating it when I'm out at restaurants and I'm thinking like, I can figure that out. Like I can do it. Yeah. It's interesting. I wish that I had asked when I was there, but when I was at the, uh, or in college, there was a tofu, I guess it was like a side dish more. And I think it was like baked. I don't think it was, I mean, it could have been fried for all I know, maybe so. Um, or like roasted because there were like roasted vegetables and the tofu Oh my gosh, it was delicious. So there are definitely ways to make it really enjoyable. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, maybe try roasting it or baking it. um, I'm going to do some reading up on it and figure out, I think the last time I had it, I went to a ramen restaurant and it was in this ramen, whatever bowl I was that I ordered, it was in there and wow, it was good. And it had this like crispiness to the outside and Mm -hmm. it was good. Amazing. And I like it in miso soup. I think, I don't know how they, I don't know if that's even cooked. Do they just even, I don't know. It was delicious though. Well, I'm excited to hear how it goes. Mm-hmm. So ladies, like any, before we wrap up any other words of wisdom for how to start, like we talked about starting small, but is there like a mindset around getting out of your comfort zone and how you can start that first or taking that first step? So for me and my experience recently, I've done a lot of, I've made a lot of transitions, transitions away from tracking macros, transitions into different workouts, transitions into um, more intuitive style eating. And with all of those changes, I've started small, Marcy, like you suggested. And instead of um, my usual, like I did this work, where's my reward? I have had to go into it with surrender. That has been my word, my mindset. Um, instead of like asking for the transaction, asking the universe, God for the thing, I am asking the universe for patience and understanding 
as I, again, fumble my way through. And it's messy and it's not pretty and it's not cute. Um, and I think that's the problem because so many of us, and I'm going to just take, I'm just pull this thread on the macros and the food for a minute, because that's what I do. <laughs> um, we see such great results when we, you, when we do the macro Tetris, when we come, it's like we compute with a calculator, like in, out, yes, no, push here, pull there. And it, and, and if you're someone who has, um, Marcy, you and I are kind of very similar. Like we are, we will check all the boxes. We will do the work. We will, um, we will like dot all of our I's and cross our T's. And then we generally, and then we see results. And so when you feel like you're putting all that same amount of effort into something and you're not getting a result, it's really dang frustrating. And you're like, what am I doing wrong? Where, where am I going wrong? And you immediately revert to, um, you know, the, the ego-driven mind, which is like, okay, I'm just going to protect myself and put the armor up and, and quit with this because clearly it's not working for me. So I'm going to cut my losses and stop. And so for me, I had to surrender to all of that. And again, ask for um, patience and not a transaction. Mm -hmm. Beautifully said. Kim, what about you? Um, I guess I, one thing we haven't talked about yet, I guess I, I would add here is to look to other experiences you've had as far as like the mindset to approach approach this from look to other experiences you've had where you were new at something where you were successful and maybe it's mm -hmm. just like uh, once upon a time you didn't know how to be a parent and like now you have a kid and everything like it's going right and sometimes it's rough like look to other times where you felt afraid to try something new where you like had success to give you confidence that it, you're going to be able to do whatever this thing is that you want to push yourself outside your comfort zone. They're there. Like, there's no way you've gotten this far in your life, even if it feels like, cause, and I've been there in my life where I was like, I don't do anything particularly interesting or revolutionary, but still like, you know, I had been a mom to three children or whatever it is. Look to those experiences as evidence that you can indeed learn new things, do new things and find success at them um, because you can Mm -hmm. I love that. And yeah. then I'll kind of piggyback because I also say like, yes, find evidence, look to past experiences, but you can also look towards other people who are doing the same thing. So I call them expanders and they actually like show your subconscious that, okay, if that person can do it, then I can do it too. So I call it like borrowed belief. Um, so, you know, Kim, like I could look at you and say, all right, if Kim is figuring out these reels and doing fancy transitions, then like, you know, she's no smarter than me. I mean, well, maybe you are, but you know, <laughs> um, but, but yeah, like if she can do it, then I can too. So yeah, well, this was a great conversation, ladies. So I hope everyone who is listening, who is sitting on the sidelines, playing small, and there's that fire burning deep inside that you know, you, um, you know, want to let shine and you want to take that step to, yeah, do something that is going to change your life for the better, then hopefully this is the inspiration that you need to start and start small. Yes. Love it. And keep us posted. Mm -hmm. If this was, if you do decide to do something, we would love to hear from you. Yeah. All right. Bye. Until next week. Thanks Bye. everyone. Bye. Bye.
Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Decades of Strength podcast. If you liked this, if it was helpful for you, it would mean the world to us if you left a rating and review wherever you're listening. It really does help our work get in front of more people. Thanks so much for being here with you and we'll see you again next week.